Craft Beer Radio episode 332 on May 2nd, 2015. And welcome to Craft Beer Radio. Are you Mr. Wendell? I am not. Neither am I. Mr. Wendell's homeless in this song. You know, but we're uh, one third of the way through our first thousand shows. 332? We started at zero. Uh, well, yes, yeah, I suppose so we did. So 999 will be our thousandth show. True enough. So we're one third of the way there. And it only took us ten years. <laughs> There was a period of time that we stopped doing it weekly. Mm-hmm. So, yes, those darn kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we have a, a, a wide array of beers in front of of us. Why, why don't you? I'll describe them. You take a picture. You need. You, have, oh, you kept I've forgetting been, to take pictures. I do. So I have been forgetting to do the pictures for the tweets and the posts and the. Yeah, we have a, a couple different like IPAs, but then a couple stronger ones, um, and. Your requisite coffee beer. It, it, it seems been, funny to me that, that coffee beers have become such an institution. When, we've been holding these beers from Revolution for so long yeah. that I, it was either this one or it was a barrel-aged barley one. I figured you'd rather have this one. <laughs> Probably a good uh, choice. We also have, though we're doing an experiment today, we have the newbie that we use, and uh, you can go to crappyradio.com slash Amazon and buy a newbie for your temperature of using, for finding out what the temperature of the beer is. But we also have a probe thermometer, uh, an instant read th- probe thermometer. I mentioned the, the company. It is the Lava Tools Thermo Wand. Uh, and we're going to try to compare the difference. We realized a couple weeks ago that the infrared thermometer is just measuring the surface or the interface between the beer and the air. Mm-hmm. And we were like, hmm, because we always tell you to drink the beer so much warmer than recommended. And we were wondering how much of that was an error in just using the infrared. Right. And uh, some preliminary measurements suggest it's about five degrees off. So we're going to keep testing it and see where it lands. I mean, the point is really, we're still going to use the newbie for most of the things. Cause newbies doesn't interfere with your beer, but if we can find a, a relation, like a linear relationship between the thermal wand and the newbie that we have a decent idea using the newbie, what the actual temperature is. So that's the goal. All right, let's start with this SIPA. All right. So this is from pizza port. This was a Mike beer. Yes. Thank you, Mike. This is Ponto from Pizza Port. It is their sessionable IPA at four point five percent. I like how they have sessionable sessionable IPA abbreviated as a SIPA. A SIPA because it's a SIPA. I assume the color is a golden straw, a little hazy. It's got a nice looking kind of almost almost pilsner esque head on it. For the look of it, light in color, sort of it looks light in texture, but it probably has a nice amount of hops in it. Ponto has something to do with um, a rocket jetty or a pier or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. There's a sign there that says Ponto. I can't read all of it though. So the thermo wand is measuring this at. the newbie 50.1 there's about a degree of error in both of these alright so beer poured with a thin little head you know it just has a little covering of, of head it is a fairly cloudy, straw-colored beer. You can see your finger through the glass, but I cannot see any fingerprints. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to warm this up a little bit and see what we can get out of it. Sounds good. 50, even from the doobies. A little cold. <laughs> for for our, our tastes, yeah. absolutely. When you're doing analysis. Had a beer while well, this is warming up. Mm-hmm. I had one pretty noteworthy beer this week. Uh, you might have seen me talk about it on Twitter. Uh, on Thursday, I had a beer from Bell's. I had one sour, one wild ale, 
and that's pretty good it was a kind of like a flanders where it had a bunch of that you know um uh cherry mm-hmm. and a bit of tobacco or something like that and it was tangy and tart and uh it was quite good Found it was uh nine dollars for a 12 ounce pour at mad max <laughs> but if you go ring happy yeah. hour it's 450 exactly all right uh, that'll make you happy Yeah, the aroma on this one is kind of uh, a citrusy orange. Maybe some pineapple in the nose. That's very interesting. So I warmed up a bit that the newbie is now saying it's 55. Hmm. The thermal one is saying it's only about 49. Maybe you just warmed up the outside, give your beer a swirl or something. Might be cold in the center of the beer. Anyway, this now, now it says fifty six on the newbie. This can't be the most exciting. But this is it's science isn't always exciting. <laughs> but this show is not about conducting experiments. We're still at forty nine degrees, and, and the newbie is saying fifty five. Okay. There is definitely some difference. Yeah. So on the aroma, I was getting. Mostly citrus, but there's a little bit of tropical in there. A little bit of pineapple. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. Yeah, it does have a, the tropical aromas. It has a, almost like there's a some pilsner malt or something in the aroma. It has kind of a, a little bit more grainy type smell. Maybe a little touch of a bit of sulfury. Yeah, the more I do some agitation of getting maybe a Simcoe note or something. I think Simcoe's a pretty good call. When you jump and go to the flavor, you definitely get mm. pretty big. Mm. Wow. Let's see. So there's a couple things going on there. It does do that citrus, the pineapple thing, but it also takes me to passion fruit in the flavor. But there's a little bit more... Uh, I guess there's a just a touch of Dord in there as well, right? There's something, it's not like, you know, very biological, but there's just a little hint that's kind of, just kind of right. giving you a touch of that. I think you're right. There is kind of a watermelon rind-like flavor to it, like if you get into okay. the bitter part. Sure, sure. And... And some, yeah, so I guess some melon-esque, and there, there's mm-hmm. definitely those, the pineapple stuff. Uh, also, just got to made me think of lemon, or maybe like lemon bar. You know, it was kind of a tanginess, but there's a little more sweetness to it or something. Okay. It's not like just straight up lemon. Like a lemon that after you've eaten some miracle fruit. <laughs> this is pretty good. What's the ABV on this guy? Four point five. It does have a like sessionable IPAs in general. It's it's a little light, but it's still kind of chewy to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't taste like you know, it doesn't taste aqueous. Um, it has a higher carbonation. I think that's sort of standard. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you're right. It has a little bit of um, malt body to it, as much as you can get in a four and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like the the hops are providing a little bit of sweet character, almost like boosting the body as well. It's pretty bitter. Bitterness does linger. Um, but the character of the beer is 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 nice and, you know, it's, it's on the tropical edge. If you appreciate a bitter IPA... But you're a little sick of the you know big Chinook piney notes and things like that. Mm-hmm. This is a this is a good way to go, I think. Yep. Any beer news this week? 
I was so busy at work this week <laughs> that I didn't have time to to read or look at hardly anything. Yeah, I, we've been kind of slacking on uh, looking at some beer news. Even then, that's really not the point of the show. It's not as good as something we can talk about during these times when we're okay. Yeah, we've finishing up the this, beer. Yeah, don't have anything else to say about the beer, and the beer is not <laughs> out of our glasses yet. What are we going to do? Oh, what's this? This is interesting. Miller Coors sued for marketing Blue Moon as craft beer. Oh yeah, I did see that one. So apparently, it, from what I recall, looking at the story, it's just some guy who decided to file a lawsuit because, like, they make it sound like Blue Moon is locally produced and craft and whatnot, and you know he feels that it's yeah, mass market. The lawsuit, which was filed by the Clark and Tregli. Treglio Law Firm in San Diego. Hey, it, it it actually matches up. This is a San Diego beer. Accuses Miller Coors of violating California's <laughs> Consumer Legal Remedies Act, deceptive and misleading advertising, and unfair business practices. I have to kind of... I don't... Yeah, I didn't read anything on the story, so I don't know what the merits of the case, but I it looks to me like it doesn't have merit, just, you know, prima facie, but I don't know. Uh-huh. But yeah, we've discussed many times how craft beer to us is the beer that tastes good, not necessarily the beer that satisfies the Brewers Association uh, definition, definition for craft beer. Yeah, I mean, we've, we did Blue Moon on the show several times, mm-hmm. and first couple times we were surprised at how well how well it compared to the other whip beers hey our favorite still constantly our favorite is Hogarden, which is not in any way i mean it's a giant beer from imbev mm-hmm. right but as far as i'm concerned it's the best whip beer out there yeah it's pretty tasty you know we were i remember the one time we kind of set up blue moon to fail like oh and we have this blue moon just to see how it compares and i remember being shocked at the end of the tasting about how how it compared to the other yeah. beers that so, was probably earlier in the podcast I think, yeah when we were in our uh in our snob days <laughs> probably all right so let's take a break from hoppy we got another ipa but let's take a break let's do this uh 450 north the uh, this is one of the beers jumping up considerably in alcohol. Yeah, it goes it goes to nine. But I still think <laughs> I want to take a break between the. Uh, no, I understand. Yeah, the hoppy beers. So, Perfecty North has their Barn Yeti Winter Ale. It's brewed with Mexican Valley beans. I assume that's coffee beans. Uh, or are they coffee? Just a bean? Probably, maybe, maybe cocoa too, right? But chocolate but oh yeah it could be cocoa you're right chocolate powder star anise and dark belgian candy sugar so this is one of the beers dave brought up at christmas this is the last 450 north out of the whole stash they gave us we've been pretty oh we liked what 450 north has mm-hmm. has brought to the show the contrast between the last one is is, is very <laughs> this is very dark actually it's so dark that I can see spots of stuff that is sort of clinging to the side. Like there's on the outside. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. You see some it? ear. Yeah. If you if you turn it, there's 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 some floaty stuff. There's some yeast in there, and I can sort of see it as it's uh, kind of like a kind of like a magic eight ball when you sort of see stuff of come to the surface. Uh-huh. You can see how you turn that, and <laughs> it comes. Stuff is sort of coming view. into the view. Yeah. The nose on this one, it's kind of root beery when you smell it. And, I mean, they said they added star anise and things like that. So it kind of makes sense. But off the nose, it either is kind of cocoa-y or it's kind of root beery. The last smell I took was pretty pretty root beer-like. Yeah, the first thing I got was a big cocoa blast. Yeah. You can smell like uh, something like Belgian candy sugar or something like that mm-hmm. in there as well. It's fairly highly carbonated. It has a really thick... It looks like a nitro-type head on it. Yes, it's a creamyish head. Mm-hmm. It smells interesting. Now it's smelling cocoa again. Now that I did my whole tilt the glass and twirl the beer to coat the uh, 
cook the edges. Look at this. This is very interesting. I think this is a little bit of that yeast that's in there. You can see sort of in my foam there's a little red spot. I think it's just a bit of yeast that kind of floated up in there. <laughs> I guess so. Okay, big chocolate. That is really big on the chocolate. This is uh, 52.8 according to the thermo wand and according to the infrared. We are at 55.6. Not really having a consistent deviation. No, these uh, are deviation. not very consistent. Interesting. I think we just need to leave the points off since both of them are only accurate to nine-tenths right. of a degree. Yeah, so this beer, as you're drinking it, the first couple of sips are really big on the cocoa. Tastes almost like a chocolate stout or something. But there's there's a little bit more complexity to it than straight-up stout. I'm not really tasting the anise as its own distinct flavor. But I think I'm tasting a combination of that, some candy sugar, maybe some Belgian yeast or something that's kind of giving it a little more, more spicy floral notes to it than a you know, straight-up chocolate stout. Yeah, there's there's more going on here than just the chocolate. The the spice works here because it's not overbearing. It's mm-hmm. not throwing itself at you and being up front. It's toning it's a, down the chocolate a bit. It's a seasoning. Yeah. You know, it, it's just giving it it's playing. Now that last sip I could actually taste a distinct flavor of anise where I wasn't getting it in the previous sips. But uh yeah, this is a neat combination of flavors for sure. Not something you taste every day. Yeah, this is a really I'm really enjoying this as a as a kind of a, a winter comfort, you know, as a, as a as a winter warmer. This is a really mm-hmm. really nice. It, it's got that deep chocolate kind of hot chocolatey flavor mm-hmm. with a, a warming of alcohol at 9%. That's there. I mean, it doesn't taste alcoholic, but there's definitely a warming factor. Right. Um, but it's just enough kind of spiciness, so it doesn't feel like a like a fruit cake. But it does give it some yeah. Some extra you dimension. said fruit cake. I was thinking more, you know, the sugar plums that I've made. You know, where you're using a lot of dates and lots of spices, and anise is one of them. Yeah. You know, this is kind of reminding me of a sugar plum with the sweets. Okay. And then the, that little bit of spiciness in there. Now, sugar plums don't have cocoa, but. Well, I mean, I think it's always important that these are not just like we we always have a problem with pumpkin beers. They're spice beers. We dislike it when mm-hmm. Christmas beers or winter warmers turn into spice beers, right? Um, because or spice bombs, spice bombs, right? A spice beer is fine. A spice bomb is not, or it's not to our liking, right? Right. At least. Right. And yeah, this is a judicious use of the spices, mm-hmm. and it it really helps the beer. I'm very happy with. What I'm tasting. This is good. Really good. This was, was this sent by 450 This is Dave brought it. Dave brought this. Okay. Yeah. We've had good luck with these guys. Yep, 450 North is in Columbus, Indiana. Dave travels a lot for work, and he just was like I said at the beginning of the show, he's in for uh, the marathon. I think I said the main show. Maybe I said the pre-show. And uh, he brought us some four beers from New Glarus. He had traveled to Wisconsin. He brought us two beers from Fairbanks, Alaska. Hey. He brought us two beers from Louisiana. And, uh, yeah, that's it. I think that's the extent of, of the beers. But, yeah, absolutely. So I uh, hope Jim doesn't get mad, but Jim sent us some beers, and he sent us two cans of Heady Topper. I gave Dave one of the Heady Toppers. In exchange, so I hope Jim, I hope you don't mind, but uh, you know we still have one to do on the show, yes. and you know for all the beer that Dave has sent us over the last you know, couple of months, I thought it was justified payback. It's a little beer sharing, yeah. Yeah, but, I, was, uh, I just felt like a little bit of a... that wasn't the only thing Jim said. It just sent us some yeah. some other great uh, Vermont beers. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. It was funny. Jim's like, yeah, I threw the heady toppers in just to fill out the pack. <laughs> you know, and it has such a such a reputation and people yeah. desire it so much. And so we definitely appreciate it. I Thank mean, it, you so it, much. Yeah, it, it'd be... I, I I do want to try it again, right? Because we, we mm-hmm. had it once. It's one of those things where... Um, we had such high expectations. Yeah. We were a little underwhelmed actually drinking it. So now we're ready to probably have more realistic expectations and very much, you know, we could enjoy it. I mean, because we don't think it's going to be religious in drinking it. I, I don't know whether we necessarily thought it was going to be. We we were, I think we were understandably skeptical mm-hmm. because we are now really skeptical of I remember clearly being skeptical whales. of the, I remember clearly, remember Hetty Topper's the one that says, drink it from the can. Yeah. Don't pour it into a glass so you don't disturb the hoppy deliciousness or something. And we were very skeptical of that. And I think just our preferences is, yeah, you can't smell it. Yeah. Sure, you can taste the super hoppy beer, but you're not going to get all the dimensions you could. But I think reading about that, it, it, the the Hetty Topper explanation was that they were more along the lines of trying to remove some stuffiness from a beer attitude as opposed uh, to really thinking that it tasted better from the can. I see. Yeah. If, if you're... if. You're not going to be stuffy about beer. Why are you listening to this show? <laughs> Maybe they just like listening to people be stuffy about beer. <laughs> so you want to go with the... I mean, we have two different IPAs. But well, this one's this breaded. One's breaded so yeah. it's not going to be very high. I said we do the St. Archer next. So we have the St. Archer IPA. Back to a beer from Mike. Thank you, Mike. Another um, another brand that's uh, been very good to us. Yep. Have you noticed how, like how many cans we've had on the show the last couple months? I mean, it's like cans are like over fifty percent. Yeah. Think. Well, I think it's great. Yeah, I think it's great too. But I'm I'm surprised at the percentage. You know, think of it: half the beers we've had on the show in the last couple months have come out of cans. That's kind of amazing. Okay, Jeff, watch out for this one. It has Amarillo and Simcoe hops, backed up by a chorus of Centennial, Chinook, Columbus, Simcoe, and Citra hops. That's it, huh? 7% alcohol by volume 66 IBUs. All right. This is going to be one of those. (laughs) Well, the Citra might save it. (laughs) From the Dord. (laughs) Amarillo, Simcoe. Chinook, all those to put together sound mm-hmm. kind of, kind of dank and biological. Yes. Yeah, and really resiny. Yeah, they call this hot forward yet civilized. Okay, the beer very clear, golden color, very clear, super hoppy aromas. You can hear from Greg. I'm getting to, like, be tuned to that Simcoe where I can spell it, like, one part in a million. <laughs> Craig loves Simcoe. That's, what was that they just smelled? The, the cit- kind of an orange marmalade. The cit- yeah, the orange marmalade is kind of the main, so, you know, uh, the Centennial, I think you said Centennial, right? Yeah. The Centennial, the Citra are kind of playing together to give it this pretty sweet candied orange type aroma. But that is just part of much of a hop aroma yes. that is also resiny. Not a, a touch a of little dank, touch of dank, but not too dank. Yeah, it's not too biological in the uh, in the aroma. Temperature. Biological is the polite way of saying caddy or urinal yeah. or whatnot. Let me get a good reading on here. Fifty three. Versus 57. And the, uh, that, the, like the candied part of the marmalade, you know, I think that's part of the citra hops, but I think it's also some of the malt coming out of the aroma, you know, getting some residual sweetness, kind of a sweet bread smell.
Yeah, the beer has a pretty good sweetness to it, and I think it's kind of part of the citrus playing with it mm-hmm. and the and the the malts. So it's not straight up. It's bitter in the aftertaste. I'm getting bitter yeah. now. Yeah. But when it's in your mouth, it doesn't really come across as a very bitter beer. It kind of has this nice, nice sweet play to it. Yeah, I think what they're doing is they're actually kind of using the Simcoe right in using the Simcoe to give it that high alpha bitterness, but don't play with it too much in the flavoring. I feel like that's where people get lost and mm-hmm. uh, they overdo Simcoe plays well with others, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's a very good highlighter. I think this is a case where they're, you know, Centennial Chinook, Columbus, Simcoe, Citra. Mm-hmm. Using it in a bouquet, I think it, it it's a nice harmony that sort of lifts up. But, yeah. Right. This is, so far, my first taste, I was enjoying it a lot more than I expected. So it was kind of a minty quality to it, too. Not quite sure exactly where that's coming from. Probably a hop thing. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. It doesn't really. It almost is like the feel of mint, but not really yeah. the flavor of mint. There's almost like this um, mentholiptus type, yeah, or type thing. It's an interesting beer. I mean, there's a lot of blending and melding of different hop flavors when you're drinking it. it gives you a bit of a show mm-hmm. as you go through the flavors and you can kind of sit here take a sip and you can concentrate on, on a specific one or you can let it waft over you i agree it's it's more tropical than anything else um i think it's it's leaning a little bit on sort of mango with a bitter orange tang mm-hmm. to it i can agree with that It does get more and more bitter at the end, but again, that's the bittering hops. 66 IBUs, you know, pretty high. Not as high as, as they can get. Mm-hmm. Let's see. St. Archer, they are in San Diego proper on Distribution Avenue. I wonder who they're distributed by. They're on Distribution Avenue. <laughs> Distribution <laughs> Avenue. Then. Yes. Should be very easy to get it to it the should distributor. Be. One, two, one, two, Boogie Woogie Avenue. It's interesting. So the St. Archer logo is kind of this arrow lightning bolt with wings. But on this can, on the left of the logo it says trade, and on the right of the logo it says mark. So like instead of like a TM, they actually like wrote out trademark and it's like part of the logo. Uh, sure. <laughs> I mean, it looks like it's part of the design of the logo. Yeah, is I mean, it's trademark. Well, I mean, if you look at their website, they have St. Archer Logo Brewing Company. Oh, okay. So. I see. Yeah, I mean, if someone were to steal that, they'd have a case. <laughs> Maybe it was one of those cases where, like, you ever see those, like, you, you send a job to China to get, like, name tags printed, mm. and you write blank, right? And so they print up a thousand name tags that say blank, as the, <laughs> my name is blank. <laughs> Indiana Governor signs bill to raise output limit from 30 thousand to ninety thousand barrels good news for three floyd's fans yeah and I, think, I think it was a brew pub license problem i think pubs couldn't do more than thirty thousand barrels i think that's what that is and um i've heard some stuff about it you know in the illinois uh talk but i hadn't taken time to really look this at is it closely indiana microbreweries no oh, all microbreweries okay three floyds and sun king were the ones who launched the campaign that worked. Mm-hmm. But that's only the amount of beer they sell in state. Oh, yeah? See, so they could export stuff. Currently, any production beyond 30,000 must be distributed out of state. Huh. That's a weird rule. That is a weird rule. 
Oh man, I got the Spiegel glass with the little m- malfunction or imperfection on it here. Where if I turn it, there's a little bulge. Oh, you poor thing. So he gave this one to Chip and Alexis. <laughs> so, I, well, I guess what that does, though, is, is it's interesting because it, it actually does limit a brewer's ability. Because if they don't necessarily have a market outside of the state, then they can't brew more <coughs> and get rid of it. It's sort of illegal in a sense. So, I mean, that, that's weird, right? I mean, it's like, what happens if you hit your quota... In, like, September, right? Yeah. Sorry, no more beer for the Chicago people for the rest of the year. So, I mean, they fixed it. It's triple now. So that's, that's what, you know, that's the way they do these things. Instead of trying to abolish the law outright, mm-hmm. let's get it bumped up, get a few more years to work on getting it abolished. It's reasonable. I wonder what the argument is, like, for limiting it like if anyone was actually arguing I, against well her. It, probably the traditional arguments against alcohol which have some validity i mean let's face it alcohol is among the the worst drugs you can have in terms of what it does to your body and in terms of how it uh you know how it has affected society in, in some ways we don't want to talk about that here Hey, I, I'm a guy who is, you know, for 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 legalizing all of it. So, but I think if you look at what alcohol does to your body versus some other drugs, it's pretty clear. Use in moderation. That's all. Absolutely. That's all we're saying. Yep. So that was the Saint Archer IPA. Had a tremendous hop bouquet to it. And mm-hmm. I have to say bouquet because it, it was this blend of absolutely all kinds of things. Where do you want to go next? Um, Barrel aged coffee, Brett IPA. I'm worried we'll lose the bread in the in the barrel, so I'd like to go with the bread first. Okay. <clears throat> this is the Victory Wild Devil. We probably did this on the show a bunch of years ago when they first did Wild Devil. It's probably about five years ago, but we haven't done it since, and. I'm not even sure if the beer is the same beer that they would have done in that first release of Wild Devil. This came from... I think I bought it. I think it came from Giant Eagle. The malts. They say imported two row malts. Okay. Hops. Whole flower American hops. Okay. 6.7% alcohol by volume. They use Brett... To give it a oh yes, it's Cajun corked. And it's a gusher. Uh oh. Well it's bread. Yes. Of course it's gonna be infected. Hmm. Pour yourself a glass today if you dare. Oh. Oh victory, I dare. That one's not going to work. Where's the real Xyluses at? <laughs> Where my Xylus is at? Huh. It must be in the other room. We'll yeah. Cap that in a few moments, I guess. It's since it's a thicker neck, we have some of the off-brand. The Joey's, right? Well, no, it? no. This is the only ones that are in the room right now are not ones we've recommended. They're ones we uh, tried, but not yeah. recommended. Uh, so The Joey will work in that, though. <sighs> no. No, no, I mean, not as good as the Xylus. I, I think the Joey might not even seal well, because this is thicker. We use the Joey's in dogfish bottles, which yeah. have smaller necks. So this it pours kind of a an amberish, almost a tea-like. It has a big, fluffy head, a big... Pretty uh, clear, just a slight haze to it. Yeah. Big, fluffy head that um, is what you would expect out of a beer that has some infection. This is, of course, intentionally infected. Well, it's a it's a it's a wild yeast. Yeah, it's not, uh, and it's only the wild yeast. You know, there's no bacteria. Or yeah, there's bread and ice. Yeah, there's bread and ice. Brett's a yeast, right? But not a bacteria. I know. I said but there's it, not bacteria. In it. Oh, yeah, okay. But it's infected with a wild yeast. Well, 
It's inoculated with wild yeast. If you're saying it's infected, then every beer is infected with some kind of yeast. But I mean, it's... All right. Infected would mean unintentional. Yes. Okay. Good point. I I withdraw. So it does have... I mean, the the aroma is all about the bread. You know, there's, there's no hop devil aroma yeah. that's apparent left over. And what it's giving is... Let's see. Yes, this is Hop Devil just with mm-hmm. with bread. Yep. 100% bread fermented, right? So they take Hop Devil. It's not, it's, it's they not, say added touch of bread when I see it, but 100% means... Oh, well, okay, maybe they changed it, right? Yeah. I, I know the... Again, like I said, we haven't had it in a long time. The last time they took Hop Devil wort and did a primary fermentation with bread. Um, this is marketing speak, so it could be the same, still the same thing. Let's see. But add a touch of bread, the unruly beast, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I don't know. That's poetic, yeah. So it could be them just saying, yeah, we we did bread all the way. Who knows? This is, I'm trying to, I'm I mean, trying it's, to put it's words. very, very estery. Yeah, a bit of a tangy type aroma. You know, it's not really leathery. Yeah. Uh, you know, Brett, a lot of times I would, you know, sometimes if it goes a certain way, I would describe it as a leathery. Um, think of like old satchel or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, but that's not the smell we're getting on this one. This one's a little bit more funky. It's not like a, an old brune or a Flanders or anything, but it's like part of the way there. Slightly, slightly kind of like a white grape. Okay, yeah, yeah, I could see that. Without a lot of vinius, but still like a... Sure, yeah, yeah. Do you remember the conversation we had when we were drinking the... Um, it was from Nebraska Brewing Company. Um, it might have been Menage a Trois or something, but it was one with... It was in Chardonnay barrels. Mm-hmm. And... We were talking about how we thought it was bready, but the beer is not bready. And I remembered a story when I heard Paul Havelock on Basic Brewing Radio talking about he's got this feedback from other people. And apparently it's fairly common for beer palates to confuse Chardonnay barrels, Chardonnay, with Brett. Interesting. So, So you calling this kind of like a white grape is kind of like flipping that on its head a bit. It's approaching it from a different different angle, but the translation is still there. All right, so let's do a... The theme of this episode has been temperature measurements. Number one says 56 and a half. The infrared says 61. About five degrees. So yeah, we're seeing about a five degree, more or less. Mm-hmm. All right. So the flavor on this one, it gives you the leather I was talking about before. It's a slight bit more in the flavor because the beer has this really dry. It's kind of sweet when it's in your mouth, but then it, once it's gone, it gets super dry. It's like extra brute dry. Mm. Kind of mint chalky, um, kind of laying on your tongue dryness. Some interesting kind of prunish or plum notes in the flavor. Really very different from Hop Devil. Prunish, when you said that, you know, I was thinking like like prune juice. Mm -hmm. You know, you get a little bit of that kind of flavor in there. The bread is giving it a a slight tang and definitely has a bit of a kind of Chardonnay-ish mm-hmm. quality oaky or oaky or grapey or something mm-hmm. yeah I hear you I mean so you have to sit on this one a little bit and try to pick out more flavors it's interesting 
It, it reminds me, it seems more tangy, a little more funky than what I expected. You know, granted, I haven't had a huge right. sample set of Wild Devils. Probably only had it three, maybe four times, and it's been a couple of years since the last time I've had it. Yeah, it's been a couple of years? It, yes. You know, my wife bought this for me. Greg is almost spitting out this beer. <laughs> Everyone's like, what? I don't get it. What's so funny? <laughs> We're not going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way to get endure- endearing fans. Well, inside joke. Ha ha. <laughs> Speaking of uh, enduring fans. Oh, sounds good to me. There's a great way you can support us. You can go to craftyrary.com slash Amazon and buy whatever you want. You know, it's... Yeah, buy lots of stuff. Everything. The more, the better. This month, you should buy uh, a guitar. Go to Amazon and buy a guitar. Buy one of these thermal ones from Lava Tools. Uh, the, the the color names we, we were commenting are really oh. weird. This is Sesame. It's gray. <laughs> uh, they, they call their red, like, uh, I don't know. They, they, they came with, with ridiculous names for the colors. And they're just, yeah, I get it. But still. Um, so yeah, thermal it's, wand. It's, it's interesting. It's like there's no. Bucks or so. The nice thing about this thermal wand is there's no buttons on it, yeah. and you turn it on by opening. It's like a pocket knife type shape, right? So the probe opens up, flips out on a hinge, and uh, when you pull it out, it turns on. So it's kind of a nice uh, usability feature there. The thing is, it looks like you have to take out, open the battery compartment to change it over to Celsius. Right. That's the only issue with it. Other than that, I think it... Oh, and another issue is... Oh, the, the, I looked up online really quick in terms of how uh, fast it's like within four seconds it gets an accurate reading. Oh, I see another problem. It's a right-handed thermometer. Yes. It is more for right-handed. But you can't really... Although it should be accurate for stuff like... Um, candy making it's not really big enough to do that probe's too short yeah yeah absolutely yeah so what is that called again it's from lava tools it's called the thermal wand craftbeerradio.com slash amazon so this is different Generally enjoyable, but um, it's not really up to, to the standards of the other stuff we've had today. Yeah, I think you're right. Very, not really very drinkable. That was the rinse, not not dumping. Just so you know. <laughs> All right. It's a good rinse here, so we don't have any breath in the coffee barrel-aged beer. All right, so we end the show with Bean Jean from Revolution Brewing. This is the first variation they did with their Mean Jean barrel-aged porter. It's they use dark matter coffee beans. (laughs) I assume that's the name of the. the, of the coffee place, no, not no. they actually make <laughs> coffee beans out of dark matter. That'd be pretty sweet. Who knew that the answer to what dark matter is is there all the time? In Colombia, nine percent alcohol by volume, IBU twenty eight. So we got this beer at Saver Asian Bourbon Barrel. Sorry, I think it was the. It was at least a year ago. I want to say it was New York, but... No. We didn't bring anything back from New York, I guess. No. Okay. Yeah, so um, Josh Deeth gave us a couple bottles from his tasting. So remember we did the Death's Tar. I think that was a show... We did bring back things from New York. Did we? Yes. Because there, there were all those tubs. 
Yeah, that's, but, I think, I don't remember where we got, yeah. I know we got it from Josh. Maybe it was from DC. And we tell, we got the Death Star. We got this bean gene in the fridge. I still have third year beer, which is a barrel aged barley wine. And so these beers have been sitting there for quite a while. Mm-hmm. I figured I just want to get one of these on the show tonight. Yeah. Okay. Has a really oaky, woody, boozy mm-hmm. aroma. That's the first, excuse me, the first thing you notice. The nine percent helps a lot of that aerosolize and get in get in there, mm-hmm. so you really are smelling a lot. Not much head on this sucker. Dark, very very dark brown, not quite black. The combination of the barrel and the coffee kind of comes across like my brain says, "Oh, that's a licorice smell." But then when you focus on it, it's not really a yeah. Licor- it's not really a licorice smell. But I don't know. Did you come? Did you kind of get that at all? Like you're like you like you kind of like fell into like this default licorice bucket. Then you're like, no, that's not it. I usually don't fall into the licorice bucket. I kind of have okay. to have that pointed out to me more often than not. Uh, I, I recognize it when it's there, but I do recognize where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. And once you said that, I was like, yeah, I can see how you could be like, okay, licorice at first, but no, it's not. Uh, this is not licorice. It's something else. The barrel, barrel, the barrel. Way the. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to compose some thoughts here. the The barrel character is very confusing to me, and I think it's it made confusing because of the coffee. But it almost seems like it's not like oaky and cinnamony and vanilla. It's kind of more. I don't know how to describe it. It is almost like rotten wood or something like that. Like it seems like there's a more of a a, a, a tangy, uh, dank something there. And I think it's how the coffee's playing with it, but it it makes it almost like a it almost to a me a piece of driftwood or something like that. It's interesting you say that because to me it's a lot of the smell. I think. Is very reminiscent of if you crack open like a, a Nestle Crunch bar or something. Huh. It kind of has that chocolatey aroma. Not quite, you know, not the best chocolate. How about, in the world, how about, how about hazelnut, like Nutella or something like that? Now, yeah, you're 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 dialing in on something, right? It's not quite there. So you know, like hazelnuts, yeah. like a kind of that. Think of like wood to nutty, and then you throw in this like hazelnut angle to it. It's a little and, maple-y. It's and, almost and a, that's yeah. kind of like why the barrel wood seems weird. I think to me. Yeah. We're just this, this is all, is all on, aroma. <laughs> all on aroma too. I'm, when I say it seems weird, it's just because it's it's very different. You yeah. know. I, or it almost seems like instead of do we know what kind of barrels this was in like fresh bourbon bar- barrels bourbon, bourbon barrels. barrels okay so I was gonna say instead of it being in bourbon it almost makes me wonder if it was in some kind of brandy or cognac or something like that that's giving you know making the wood taste so different this is fifty six point one or so to fifty eight actually take another sniff. I'm going to give you a suggestion right when it's mid olfactory. But think about the Calvados that we have. Well, the Calvados is also Asian barrels, right? So Right, but it's an apple brandy. It's an apple brandy, but it's barrel aged, so that's probably more barrel characters okay. than other things. I'm not getting an apple. Okay, but no, not the apple, but the smell of the Calvados versus the smell of bourbon. You know, it, it, the, the, how, the, how the wood is playing with it. I think I'm getting closer to like a Calvados type aroma than bourbon barrel type aroma. Oh, it depends on the bourbon, I suppose. Yeah. But, um, I mean, it doesn't smell like a rye. Sure. No, I mean, okay. So you, you, so you don't agree with me, but I, I'm, I'm going to stand by that statement. It almost tastes... No, I, I think you... Like. I, I, I don't disagree, but I just wonder whether that's Or just... can you think of the J.W. Lee's Calvados that we had a while back? I don't remember that one as clearly as drinking straight up Calvados, yeah. but it, I think it's the same. I just remember being really good. <laughs> right. 
All right. So this is all on room again. So I think it's about time to stick this beer in our mouths. I, maybe I did a self-suggestion, but this really has the taste of an apple brandy barrel. You know, I'm getting a much more sweet on the wood. Um, it reminds me a lot of of the Calvados, like I just said. And I, I wish I had the, the Calvados J.W. Lees sooner yeah. to have a better, clearer recollection of that one. I, To be honest, I don't have a clear enough recollection to really compare this one to it. But it's really driving me to that brandy barrel type flavor instead of a bourbon barrel type flavor. It's very sweet. Mm-hmm. It has a strong sweetness that is affecting the character mm-hmm. of the barrel. So there's a lot of vanilla notes, but they're added to this big malt sweetness. And not and again. Not disagreeing with you at all on the Calvados call. I mean, I think that... Also, th- also keep in mind, this beer is old. Yeah. There are parts of both that, that are similar. There's a date on here, but I can't read the year. See if you can pick out the year there. March... Hmm, March 5th. And the year's right on the black part of the label, so you can't see it. <laughs> that can't be 10, can it? I don't know. It looks kind of like a 10, but I don't buy that at all. But I don't know. I don't that know would be, that'd be. be like very close to the time they opened. So yeah. it's probably not that old. But who knows? Maybe it was. I mean, it was a beer they brought to savor as opposed to that they had... Yeah, maybe. On the shelf. So it could be that they brought some... Nonetheless, this beer has some age on it. Yes. Probably at least two years on it. This could be five years old. Could be. That would... That might explain why the oakiness is really toned down if, if it was there in the beginning. And I'm wondering if some of this brandy sherry type, it doesn't taste like traditional oxidation. Right. But I'm wondering if the thing that's driving me to so much brandy is oxidation. I think it might be. The more I think about it, I'm noticing similarities between a kind of sherry-like oxidation and this. Yeah, I'll have to keep digging. I'm not really tasting traditional oxidized flavors, but... I, they're not that far off. You know, I'm talking all yeah. about brandies. Yeah. And apples and barrels and stuff. And you, there's really... There's a lot here to kind of mask... There's a lot of adjuncts in here that mm. would mask that sherry-like, or at least uh, provide extra notes to it. Now, it doesn't taste cardboardy. But it does feel like it's gone a little bit in that sherry-like direction. That, that can be good for a beer. Mm-hmm. So... I think this one, it, it's pretty good. Yeah. You know, it would have been neat to try it fresh as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, for my part, this beer has been in the fridge for a long time. Probably most of the time that we've owned it. And this could be two years old from when we got it, and then it could be longer from that. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. Coffee is really just kind of lost there it, in the flavor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think maybe the age might have had the co- mm-hmm. coffee might have all settled out, and it's not really providing all that much anymore. Hmm. Well, you want to get on to the ranking? Maybe it's the dark matter. <laughs> well, you know, they they tried to put dark matter in it, but it just passed straight through and didn't <laughs> interact with the beer at all. So that means that every beer is dark matter. <laughs> Okay. What is your rankings, good sir? All right. From the itty-bitty bottom, 
think I'll have to put the Wild Devil. It just wasn't as drinkable as the other ones tonight. It was fine, and um, yeah, it was fine. It was fine. Yeah, yeah. It kind of, kind of what I remember from the other times I've had Wild Devil. Um, you know, primary Brett fermentation does what it does, and if you like it, great. Um, when you're critically judging a bunch of beers that aren't all sp- primary Brett fermented. I don't know. I guess it's personal preference, but for me, it's it's not going to come towards the top very often. And then, I think I'm going to put Bean Jean in fourth place. Uh, I think that's more of a testament to the other three beers is why it's there. Because I did like the Bean Jean a lot. Um, that whole apple brandy type flavor that I was getting and really dialed in on. It was very fascinating um and some of the other things i thought it was a very interesting beer uh it's definitely not a coffee porter anymore yeah it's something it's turned into something else yeah uh and then in third place this is where it gets on a bit hard i'm gonna do the um ponto from pork brewing i like that beer a lot session ipa big hop character and um, a fair amount going on. It had a nice sweetness boost to it from like some of the hopping in there. Kind of gave it more of body and made it a nice full beer. Number two. This is the hardest part here. So I'm left with the, I don't think it was the Barn Yeti from 450 and the St. Archer. I think I'll put the Barn Yeti in second place. I uh, thought it was a very interesting combination of chocolate and anise and Belgian candy sugar and I really liked it but I think that St. Archer that bouquet of hops was was quite fascinating and I'm going to give that the the win by just a hair over the Barn Yeti I thought we were going to match I thought we were going to be right on point because we were Uh up until those last two Mm. oh well I mean, I'll echo Jeff. You are the contrarian blowhard, so it means I'm right. Not too much. Contrary. I mean, hey, contrarian blowhards built this society. Mm. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, though. Yeah. Wild Devil is in last place uh, because it was more interesting than good. I guess it was. Okay. It yeah. was. Yeah, it was decent, but I don't know if it was like enjoyable. It was like, all right, there's nothing wrong with this, right? But uh, more of an experiment than anything else. Revolutions Bean Gene, uh, I I think it's a little too sweet for my palate, but you know, it's a very interesting beer, and I I can I can see people really enjoying this one. Uh, especially when we like uh, sweet stuff like this, I can't see people like enjoying the hell out of Wild Devil. It just doesn't. I mean, <laughs> right. it's interesting. Right. I absolutely recommend people try it if they haven't, but they're not going to be like, "Whoa, I need to get myself a, a case of this." Whereas I could see somebody being like, "I need to get myself a case of Bean Gene." Sure. So uh, that's number four. Number three, the Pizza Port. I, you just. I mean, Session IPAs—they have a lot going against them. Uh, bec- and this one does very well for itself, but it's hard to hold up to a big old good, you know, big standard IPA. Uh, I think as a session IPA, it's a very good example. Um, but I don't think that they are as enjoyable as the f- number one and two. I th- put the Saint Archer in number two. I expected to hate it based on when I saw the the hops. Uh, I mean, well, hate's a strong word. I expected to t- be tolerate to tolerate it, but not like not really enjoy. It. But I really did enjoy what was going on there. I think they really did a great job of uh-huh. blending those hops together and making this bouquet and and using Simcoe right. Thank God. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm gonna keep gonna keep pounding on that until until it becomes standard that people use Simcoe right. I think. Someone needs to do it, and why not me? Why not the the guy with the loud mouth? Uh, but yeah, this is this is Simcoe done right. Simcoe as a component, not as a star. Okay. Like I said, it's like Will Ferrell. 
<laughs> have him as a star, it's it's going to mess up your movie. <laughs> but a Will Ferrell component is just going to lift things up. <laughs> the Will Ferrell of Hops. Yes. But number one, I really enjoyed that 450 North. I That was like mm-hmm. genuinely the most enjoyable beer of the night to me. I, okay. I loved it. I thought it was chocolate without being over chocolate it was the spicing to tone down the stuff was really well done uh Mm -hmm. you know putting using spice in a beer that well great job i highly recommend that one that's that's great that's a great winter warmer one of my favorites it's pretty good pretty good thank you everyone hey there's arrested development welcome back guys i've been gone for a while they had a TV show named after them and everything. <laughs> it had nothing to do with them. I, I didn't know Michael Bluth was in the band. Did you know? Yeah, I mean. Oh, there he is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. You can visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. If you would like to contact us, you can hit us up in email. That is beer at craftbeerradio.com. On the Twitters, you can hit me up at Jeff Bear, at CBR Greg for me, and uh, we really don't pay enough attention to Facebook or Google Plus to to really mention it because we probably won't see it. But uh, we appreciate you, Facebook and Google Plus users, and uh, jump the ship. Go over to t- Twitter and send us a tweet. Yeah, or just send us an email. Yes, this email thing. Oh, we can talk about that in the post. Show. Yes. Yes, we were. Greg had a bit of a rant about email this week, so uh, you know, we're talking about that, and we're going to try not to forget to do Amazon Anonymous here in a few minutes. 